Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. Our goal is that this message builds your faith and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. This is the last part of the series that we are teaching on called Half the Movies. And during this series, we've just talked about a few things and tried to show clips and things that are relevant to the, to, to the scriptures. So if you will, turn with me in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. Verses 7 through 15. The scripture says, But what things were gained to me, these I counted lost for Christ. This is right after the Apostle Paul begins to describe and give an explanation of his pedigree. How he was a Pharisee concerning the law. How he was a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin. He had a lot of things to brag about. But he said, I counted all these things of loss and count them for the loss of for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of things and counted them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may obtain to the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already obtained. In other words, I don't think I have arrived. I don't think I've arrived. But he said, or I am already perfect. But I press on that I may lay hold, lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. In other words, there's something grabbing a hold of me. I want to grab a hold of him. It's just mutual. I want there to be a mutual thing. You see, having a relationship with Jesus is not a one-way street. You have to put forth an effort too. We're not greater than God. We are... We are the ones who are recipients of his mercy and grace, and so we need to go to him daily. So the apostle writes and says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting. Everyone say forgetting. Say, I'm going to forget those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead. I press forward. Say, I press forward. The goal, towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, we've got some growing up to do. Let us that are mature understand to have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. So we have a purpose. God has a plan. Everyone say, God bless this service right now. Just you bless it now. Say, God bless the word. God bless Pastor Bobby. God, open up the minds of everyone. We are ready to receive. Make a difference today, Jesus. Make a difference today. In your precious name, everybody say amen. You can be seated. Let's be honest, okay? Who still reminisces on the past 
during the, your glory days and wish you would have done things differently? Raise your hand. Yeah, everybody thinks about the past and dreams about, oh, I could have done this, could have done that. And I think that's okay, but I don't think it's God's will for us to dwell on our mistakes. What I felt in my spirit this past week and praying for you all, and I, I felt like God wanted me to encourage you and tell somebody here, you have to let go of the past in order to move forward. Now, that goes both ways. For all the mistakes and failures and incidences, accidents, whatever it may be, and also, also, you cannot dwell on past successes either and stay there and just reminisce on the past so much that we are infatuated with what we used to be. Everyone has an experience. Everyone's experienced God at a certain level. But the past is gone, whether good or bad, and we have to move forward. We have to move forward. And if yesterday experiences, if yesterday's experiences hasn't kept you through your problems now, then that probably is an indication you need a new experience. So I'm going to give you, if you'll take your notes, I'm going to teach today, I'm talk, and I'm going to go through this very swiftly as possible, as fast as possible. I, I'm going to give you some points. I'm going to give you points. I want you to take notes. I'm going to go through seven points very quickly, and I'm gonna, I want you to write them down. I'm going to start off as a helicopter sermon. I'm not building up a long runway. I'm going to take off right now, okay, because this is going to help you. I'm going to give you seven points. So if you have your notes, pull out your phones, iPads, whatever, uh, write down on a piece of paper these things. Now, you can listen to it later on podcast or on our app or YouTube, but more than likely you're not going to. Can we just be honest? Oh, I'll listen to it later. Oh, I'll just look at it. You're not going to do it. Write it down now because it will help your brain obtain some important points that will help you. Are you ready to receive today? I'm going to do my very best because this is relevant. I have to slow down and I have to help somebody understand that you have to. You have to take steps to overcoming regret. You must take steps to overcoming regret. We want to live life with no regrets. No regrets. So we have to remove them. We have to begin to stay focused on the objection, our assignment. You must know your assignment in Christ Jesus. So number one, number one, write this down. You have to silence the accuser by remembering Christ saved us by his blood. And keep this point up here to the duration until I give you the next point, even after the scripture text. Because I want you to write this down and keep it in your minds, because most of the time, what keeps us and restricts us from moving forward in our life is that we have an accuser of the brethren. We have an enemy who loves to remind us of our sins and failures. Even after you know without a shadow of a doubt God's mercy and grace has covered you and forgave you, even after you have experienced water baptism, where it says in the scripture, was for the remission of those sins. Just like that cancer that's in remission. Sins get remitted through the motive operandas of God's plan of water baptism. 
That was his procedure. That's what he planned. There's much more to it, but I'm telling you that when God forgives you through the blood of Jesus, it is done. It is done. And so Revelation chapter 12 verse 10 says this, And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power of the kingdom of our God and authority of his Christ has come. For the accuser of our brothers have been thrown down. Who accuses them day and night before our God. Turn to your neighbor and tell them it will come to an end. God will shut the mouths of every devil that has been taunting you, bullying you, persecuting you, and fears and worries and anxieties. God can and will get rid of them all. He can and will. How many of you know and appreciate the peace of God in your life when God has come into your life and simply just removed every burden, simply come in and began to do a work that no one else can do? See, this is the redemptive plan of God. God is the only one who can forgive and remove your sins. See, when God forgives, he removes. The only thing that keeps him there is our thinking. And until your thinking gets altered, if Satan can't keep Jesus from saving us, he will do all he can to make you stumble in your walk with God. He'll try to do everything necessary to trip you up by accusing us to focus more on what we did or didn't do rather than focusing on our Savior who's already forgiven us. Once we get that settled in our minds, I'm telling you, there is nothing, there is nothing in the world that brings us more confidence than to know that we have been washed by the blood of the Lamb. There is nothing else in this world that can bring more stability and security in your life than resting in the fact that Calvary did something powerful for you and I. Calvary did something powerful. I'm so thankful for the cross, the old rugged cross. Where my sins he bared. And one of these days, because he forgave me, I'm going to take my crown and lay it at his feet. And I'm going to give it to him that, that simply says that, you know what, God, everything I was in this world, everything, I, everything we accomplished, anything we've ever done good was because of you, was because we've been forgiven, is because we have been loved, it's because you have given us peace. And God, I just simply give you all the glory right now. Thank you, Father. He would love for you to constantly dwell, not just on your mistakes, but on the mistakes of others. That's another entrapment. I'm going to speak to married couples right now. I'm going to tell every married couple. You need to forgive her, and you need to forgive him. And what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Let no drama, let no spirit, let no temptation come before you. Don't give up so quickly. Know that you have done your very 
best, your very God-given best, before you walk away from anything that God has orchestrated, administrated, implanted, and given you in your life. Because when you can walk away from something that you know you've given your best to, and God helped you, you'll sleep better at night. You'll sleep better. To those in relationships and have friends, you have to forgive them even if they don't have a heart of forgiveness themselves. Even if they never admit they're wrong, you cannot hold a grudge because only the only thing happening here is that you are creating a prison for yourself. And God forbid that any of us would hold a grudge and hurt the other person by not forgiving them when they want you to forgive them. Especially when we're in that position where they want us to be, they want to be friends. They want to, you know, there are people that look forward to your relationship and we have to forgive. Now, that doesn't mean you fall into the same entrapments. You know what toxic, relation, what toxic relationships are, are there in your life that you don't need to give yourself to. You know that, right? You know who the people are. You know their spirit, attitude. You know it's just not good. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about good people in your life. I'm talking about someone who didn't mean to do something that was done, and you hold a grudge against them. You know, when you do that, that's bullying. I hate bullies. I, if you want to know anything about me, you can ask my kids. You can ask my wife. The one thing I hate, I hate bullies. I just can't stand it. I know the feeling. I was bullied when I was younger, and I was a bully. And I understand. But God called us to the ministry of reconciliation. That's our ministry, to build bridges, to build broken bridges. Now, there are some bridges I think you need to add, a, just some, add some diesel to. <laughs> Gasoline, in fact, you need to add some, you need to burn some bridges. Okay, don't hang around with people that are shady in their faith also that are going to assuage you away from the pure, unadulterated word of God. There is no other way. There is no other power. There is no substitute for the real thing. Jesus Christ is the answer. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Don't let anybody else tell you any differently. There's no such thing as white magic Christianity. No such thing. It's Holy Ghost, Word of God, very clear, very precise that Jesus is the way, truth, and the life. Period. Now, I'm telling you right now that when you get in a position to know that whatever voices you hear just simply are filtered and cannot enter into your spirit, it's because you have already settled it in your mind that you are purchased by the blood. Somebody say, thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Let me, let me go down here and let me just read you one more scripture and then we're going to move on concerning this, this, this uh, acute accusations that occur. Uh, Revelation 12 and 11, the very next verse says, And they have conquered him, the accuser of the brethren, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives even unto death. What it's saying here is, is that there are two things relevant whenever you are going to walk in this life. It's of course, we said it, the blood. The second thing is, is your testimony. You have a story that you need to share with somebody, which makes you a minister. You don't have to have a license by the state to be a minister. 
you have to have a test that you've overcome. That's good right there. You have to have a test that God has helped you overcome to give you a testimony. And that testimony was meant to be a weapon. It is your main weapon, one of the main weapons that God's given you in the arsenal. Besides the whole armor of God, the sword of the Spirit, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, breastplate, all of these things, God has given you his mercy and forgiveness, and he's given you a story, a story of how God brought you out, of what God did for you when you had nothing, of what God did for your body when the doctor said there was no hope, what God did for you in that addiction when you thought there was no end, what God did for you when you were broke, depressed, without hope. Then look at you now. Look at what the Lord has done. Look what he's doing. You've got a story. Let that story go. Give it out when people give you a, a space of time. Tell it to somebody that may need to hear your story. I, I don't know about that, Pastor Bobby. I've been through some things, man. I shared it with somebody. They're just not going to want to come around me. Well, guess what? They weren't a true friend if they don't want to come around you. But how do you know that they don't need to hear what you have to say? Because people go, listen, can, can, I, can I just remove that excuse for a pity party out of our lives? You're not the only one that has gone through what you're going through. You're not the only one going through what you've gone through or gone through something that, that you feel like, okay, I don't know anybody that's gone through what I've there. I promise you, you look around the world a few times, you'll find your doppelganger. Is it doppelganger? Okay. Yeah. You'll find somebody in, your, in the spirit that's kind of just like you and been what you've been through. You're not the only one. And so when you meet somebody that has overcome, that God has blessed, then you meet somebody that is out of debt. When you meet somebody who God has blessed in their career, when you meet somebody who God has blessed in their ministry, you need to look at them and you need to say to yourself, if he can do it for them, he can do it for me. He can do it for me. There's hope. There's hope. My old friends from high school, I ran into them every once in a while, and they look at me and they say, boy, Bobby, what God's done with you, there is a God and there is hope. Because <laughs> I was the last guy you would have thought that had been a pastor. Uh, I'm just telling you right now, and, and, and some of you also, people look at you and go, oh, boy, I never thought that you'd be in church. I never thought you'd be at the house of God on a Sunday and a Wednesday, but look at you. Here you are. You're all dressed up looking pretty. You're here dressed up to worship him. I mean, you know, there is a God. Turn to somebody and tell them there is a God. <laughs> Number two, you have to remind yourself this is for steps for over overcoming regret. You have to remind yourself that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. When I was young, and I was a very young Christian, I should say, I, I remember feeling condemned all the time, and I would try to figure out what I did so wrong to feel so condemned. I, I used to feel condemned all the time. I thought, I'm not good enough. I don't measure up. Uh, 
you know, did I say the wrong thing? What did I, I just felt like I was condemned. And finally, I realized something. That was the enemy messing with me. I thought, my God, I see it now. When I read the scripture, he's the accuser of the brethren. He's like a Ryan, go, uh, a Ryan, <laughs> a lion. <laughs> Where is Ryan? <laughs> he's like a lion seeking whom he may devour, trying to roar. But guess what? You know, he has no teeth, right? <laughs> your, your grandma would have told you that. No, don't be scared. Mira, no tienes dentes. He just, nothing, mija. Don't get so scared. Don't get so scared. He's not going to hurt you. Your grandma, see, our parents knew, our, the old timers knew. They understood. They had been through enough in their life, and they understood that, listen, no matter what you feel like, no matter what's been said, hell can't touch you. You're covered by the blood. You're covered by the blood. I remember feeling that in my life. I remember feeling I feel so condemned. Why do I feel condemned? And I realized, hold on a second. That's a feeling. And God didn't give it to me. Because I have asked for forgiveness on a number of occasions. I knelt down at least, at least every hour or so or, or found a place. and said, Lord, forgive me, Lord Jesus, for all my, all my thoughts. All that thought, dear God, that thought. Hold on a second, guys. Just because you have a thought doesn't mean you've sinned. You know the old saying, if, if a thought flies into your mind, I mean, let it fly out of your mind. But don't give it a nest. Don't let it nest in your brain. Everyone has thoughts. Good thoughts, bad thoughts, depressing thoughts, anxiety thoughts. But what triggers a lot of that thinking is feelings. This is why it's so important to pray in the Spirit every single day to beat the ungodly feelings, the spirits that will try to entrap you and make you feel like you've done something wrong. You've not done anything wrong. If you have said, Lord, forgive me, and you've done your best to worship and follow after him and do the right thing, I'm telling you right now, that's just hell playing games with you. You need to get it settled in your mind that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. According to Romans chapter 8, verse 1, Therefore, I'll say it again, Therefore, there is therefore no condemnation. Say, no condemnation. No condemnation. Repeat after me. There is no condemnation, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Turn to somebody and tell them, that's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. I've not done anything wrong. I'm not going to try to let hell try to distract me. But I'm going to keep pressing forward. I'm going to keep pressing forward, like Paul said, to the high calling and the mark and my assignment and my destiny in my life. And I am not going to allow a feeling to stop me. I'm not going to allow it. I'm not going to allow a feeling to interrupt me, stop me, and hinder me from seeing God's best for my life. I want God's best. Do you want God's best? Get your thinking straight. Stop feeling like you fall short. The way God made you is the way you are meant to be expressed 
in the world. You see, God made you the way he did because you have gifts and talents and a way of thinking and a way of expressing yourself that no one else has. Be thankful for who you are. Be thankful for how God made you. Be thankful for your personality. Be thankful for the way you express yourself because there's no one like you. We are wonderfully and fearfully made by God. Somebody give him some love right now. Tell him, thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. Number three, write this down. Number three, forget what lies behind and keep pressing toward the prize. Forget about it. Forget about it. I can't forget about it. Can I tell you why you can't forget about it? Let me give you the story of Joseph. When Joseph went through his misery and pain in his life, when Joseph went through the pit, the palace, the prison, and at the end of his life, he, you know, towards, towards that place in his life where he, he, he needed something new in his life, you know, things were good, but he still had this memory, this memory of all things that had occurred, and, you know, just sometimes you and I can lay in bed at night or maybe you and I can meditate and all of a sudden we have a thought of what happened yesterday or the day before, or last week or last month, and it taunts us sometimes. And the reason why is because we keep giving that a right place, a right place in our life. We keep giving it birth. We keep giving it birth. We keep giving birth to it. That means that we keep, we embraced it, we conceived it, and now we are expressing it. Well, when God began to bless Joseph, he gave him a son called Manasseh. And Manasseh means to cause to forget. To cause to forget. How many of you have grandchildren? How many of you have children? When you had those babies, did it cause you to forget all the things that were happening that week, that month, and prior to that? And you took joy in that child. And you took joy in celebrating the birth of that baby. And even now you get around him and he caused you to forget and you loved your family so much. And, well, can you imagine what it did for Joseph? It gave him hope. And he said, you know, having this child causes me to forget that there's something better in life, that God has something more for me and, and that it's not over yet. And there's a continuation of my legacy and, and who I am and what I've done. And so when he saw that baby, he, they named him Manasseh. God caused me to forget Here's what you have to do to forget the things that are behind you. You have to allow God to give birth to good thoughts in your life. You have to allow God to give birth to the dreams that he's put in your spirit. You have to allow God to begin to just grow, grow his purpose in your life. you got to give birth to something. Women, you know, uh, moms, you know this. Giving birth is a bittersweet thing. Now with the medicine, it sometimes can be a sweet thing. But, you know, I, I, I know that being there for my wife, and she's the sweetest thing. But in that operating room, she was not the sweetest thing. <laughs> I'm like, give her some more. Give her a little bit more, just a little bit more. I won't say nothing. I won't say nothing. 
I mean, giving birth can be painful. But you have to push until someone happens. That someone is you. The Apostle Paul said it like this about the church. He said, I I travail in prayer to Christ be formed in you. He was speaking of travailing and referencing a mother giving birth. So this was a man, a man saying that he's giving birth. That doesn't make any sense. Well, that would have made Time Magazine, right? A man said, I'm travailing in prayer like a woman would until Christ be formed inside of you. And until you start giving birth and start travailing, and until you start pressing in, you're not going to give birth to anything that's going to take your mind off the bed. You need a new experience in your life. You need a new experience in God. And you can have that every single day. You can have it every single day. the moment you make up your mind that, hey, the past is gone. I'm not going to give in to it. I've been forgiven, and I'm going to move forward, and I'm going to let God bless me, and I'm going to embrace the future, and I'm going to do what's necessary to see God expand my life, bless my life. That's why words are very important. That's why you've got to learn Scriptures like Psalms 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's inside of me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, who forgives all my transgression, who heals all my diseases, who right now in my life satisfies my mouth with good things. So my youth is renewed like the eagles. That means that God will give you a fresh word that will cause you to elevate and go to a higher place in your life. You've got to start talking it. You've got to start believing it, but you have to forget the past because a lot of what you're feeling isn't God. It's your feelings. But if your feelings are giving you problems, then start feeling after him. Replace the feelings by the feeling of the Spirit of God. Start reading the Word and let that Word start generating a desire and start engaging with that desire and you'll start having some fire. That's good stuff right there. Point number four. Point number four, and I've got to move forward. I'm just going to give you some points and move on. Number four, you've got to thank God that he causes all things, even our failures, to work together for good. That has to be in your mind right now. Stop dwelling on the past. Celebrate the moment, good or bad. I'm going to paraphrase this just to move on for the sake of time. But, you know, you've got to get the mentality in your mind that when you see a problem, it's not a problem. It's an opportunity. It is a chance for God to do something and turn it around because he loves me. I'm in his will, and all things work out for good. That means that the devil can't curse what God has blessed. I've said that for years. You can't curse what God has blessed, especially when you're in the will of God. In the will of God, write this down, in the will of God, there is no failure. Outside the will of God, there is no success. In the will of God, there is no failure, no such thing. When it's God's will, there is no such thing as failure. But outside the will of God, there is no success. What is success? Success is this. I used to think success had to do with money. 
I used to think that success had to do with what I had and what I was wearing. But I realize success now is walking and fulfilling God's will for my life. That's what success is. And all those other things probably are tied in with it. But honestly, if I'm not in God's will, I'm not successful. I only care about pleasing him. I'm not worried about anything else. But I know this. I'm not going to let an an incident, a failure, a problem, a person, a place or thing stop me from moving forward because as far as I'm concerned, that mountain in the eyes of God is nothing more than a speed bump. Did you hear what I just said? That mountain you are facing right now through the eyes of God, not through your eyes and your perspective. You see, when, when you've got the Spirit of God inside of you and you get a God perspective on things and you have a relationship with Him and your faith grows and you nourish that faith, then when you start looking at problems, you'll see them from heaven's perspective. You'll start looking at them the way God sees them. Can you imagine We're so scared of the devil, but compare him to God. Eedy, beedy, beedy, beedy. Squish your head. Squish your little head. You see, that's just just how big he really is. (laughs) In Revelation, it says that when they finally see him, they're going to say, is this the one that tormented us? He is so small and scrawny. So when God looks and sees, he sees through our eyesight our problem, we get this sense of faith. Now, don't look at a problem and get mad at God and say, how can you put that mountain in front of me? Why did you lead me down this path, God, uh, just to come up on this mountain? That tells me one thing. If that's what's coming out of your mouth, it should tell you one thing. If you look at a mountain getting mad at God, then you've not got a revelation that your God is a mountain mover. All he wants to do is show off to you as your father. As your father. I don't know how some of you guys have done it when your kids were little, but I used to like to show off to my kids. You know, just I wanted them to know, I wanted them to think. I wanted them to think that I was the strongest guy in the world. Did. I wanted them to think that I was the most creative guy in the world. The funniest guy in the world. I I know I wasn't, but in their minds, I wanted them to have good thoughts about their daddy. And I wanted to impress them sometimes and prove to them that, that fathers are great and fathers can be good. So when they got older, they'll realize and have good memories of a father that was there for them, that would help them, that was strong. So their subconscious mind, they'll have a good thought about their heavenly father and know how it really is with God. So not only did I have to impress them and try to prove to them that that I was a place of security for them and I would protect them, but I also had to correct them. And sometimes God comes into our life to correct us and tell us, you cannot keep dwelling on the past. You did not make a mistake 
You're, on, you're in the will of God, and you have to stay consistent and let God be God and remember that God is for you. Number five. Number five. I'm coming to a close. I'm going to go through this very quickly. You ready? Write this down. Remember, in order to overcome regret or not have it in your life, you have to remember it is God's will for you to be fruitful, and he has a good work for you to walk in. It is God's will for you to prosper and be fruitful and walk in him. So stop thinking that, you know, I, I, it's just not fair. Everything good happens for everybody else. And, 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 they, and you think that God loves somebody more than he loves you. Can I break that? I think it's egotistical. I don't know what it is. Self-pity. Well, can I break that bubble right now and just simply pop it in your face and tell you he loves everybody the same? This is low. You know, just, he, doesn't, he doesn't love somebody else more than he loves you, folks. He loves us all the same. But some people accept it and believe it, and they walk in it. Because they've experienced the love of God by going to God. See, most of us as men, especially men, men will be full of pride. They won't, they, they won't go to God. They'll go to other people before they go to God, but they won't go to God and say, I, I'm the one. I'm the one, Lord. It's me. I'm the problem. Forgive me. Forgive me, God, for being stubborn. Forgive me, Lord, for, for being angry. Forgive me, God, for being frustrated. Forgive me for blaming you for everything. And when you can come to God with that mentality, then you get to tap into how he really feels about you. Then he starts giving you understanding wisdom and he starts healing your heart and mind then you start realizing that hold on a second it is god god's will for me to be fruitful and get results and do a good work ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says for we are his workmanship created in christ jesus for good works which god prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Walk in what? Your good works. What God is doing through you and for you. He wants you to be prosperous in your life in every area. And he wants you to get results. How many of you want results? How many of you want results? Then get a revelation. God's word says in Psalms chapter 1 that when you're planted beside the river of water, that you're going to produce fruit in your season, and whatever you do is going to prosper. John said that he prayed that, that we would prosper even as our soul prospers. It is God's will for you to do well. Number six, turn regrets. Turn regrets into thanksgiving. Turn regrets into thanksgiving. Uh, Thessalonians 5 and 18 says, Give thanks, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ for you. Put your blinders on. I want you to go like this for a moment. Put your blinders on, just like a, like a horse. You ever seen horse with, a horse with blinders? Just so they can, you know why they put them on there, right? So you stop, stay, so you stay, they stay focused. Da, 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 da. I wasn't speaking in tongues. I was just mocking my tongue-tied word. But they, so, so they could not focus on the horse beside them. You understand what I'm saying? 
You got to stay in your lane. You need to put blinders on. Stay in your lane. Keep running the race. We look at everyone else and we walk in regret. Now, we need to thank God for all circumstances. Even in the middle of a trial or temptation. We need to thank God that he saved us. He's forgiven us from all of our sins. And that he's going to take this problem and he's going to turn it around for good. So we need to thank him ahead of time and tell him, thank you, God, for this sickness that you're going to heal me in. Thank you, God, for this debt that you're going to remove from my life. Thank you, God, for this challenge that you're going to give me grace to walk through and overcome. Thank you, God. Even if I don't feel it, my thanksgiving is going to bring the feeling of God. My thanksgiving is going to, aha, my thanksgiving, I'm going to tell you right now, if I ever want to feel the anointing of God and the grace of God, I just start thanking God. I just start positioning my mind as if it's already done. Faith, it's already done. Thank you, Jesus. Well, how can you say that, Pastor Bobby? How do you know? Because I just gave you the scripture. All things work together for good. I'll say with me again. All things work together for good. That means nothing bad that comes into your life can stop you. This is God's will concerning your life. That Goliath is going to be knocked down with a slingshot. I'm telling you right now, Egypt's behind us, but God has a Red Sea. I'm not worried about it. I'm not, we're surrounded and camped around by the armies of, 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 our, of the enemy, but there are angels right behind them. There are angels right behind them. I'm telling you that God, when you're in his will, you cannot fail. When you are in the will of God, that you cannot fall, and God can't, can't fail himself. I'm going to tell you right now, what I mean by that is this. There's a difference between a failure and a person. A failure is an experience, not a person. So as long as you stay in that experience, you are identified as a failure. But the moment you get out of that experience, you're no longer a failure. You are a student that has learned how to do it better. You get some thoughts back in your mind, and you're going to hit it again with a proper education. Now you know what to do, and now you know what not to do. But you see, you would have never gotten back up had you not been forgiven, had you not felt the grace of God, had you not realized that you can do anything through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. Aren't you glad for him today? Here's the last point, and I close with this. Come on, Haley. Here's the last point. Let your failures keep you humble. The secret to inheriting the earth, according to the scripture, was being meek. Now, this is going to almost sound like a contradiction, but it's not. You need to forget the past, but you don't need to forget that you need God. You understand? That's the learning process. The learning curve in this is staying meek and humble. You got to stay humble. 
That's why, you know, I'm telling you that when I go through something, I'm telling the best thing you can do when you go through something, the best thing we can do is take note, realize, okay, what, what went wrong or, or what was it at that moment? What can I learn from this? Most of the time, whenever I come up against something or I have a, a, an issue in my life, the first thing I look at is myself, not at anybody else. I, look at, I don't look at anyone else. That's the biggest mistake you can make. The biggest mistake you can make is try blaming somebody else. That's just a cop-out. You're hurting yourself. Look in the mirror of God's Word and let God fix it and correct you so you can stay humble and realize, hold on a second. You know what, Lord? Some things are out of my hands, but there are some things I could have prevented. And I recognize, God, that this past week, I just wasn't praying the way I needed to pray. I haven't been reading your word, so my thoughts aren't been aligned with your spirit. And so you got to take full responsibility and stay humble and meek and realize that, you know what? I'm not going to get angry. I'm going to stay humble, even in the victory, even in the victory that God has given you, even in the moment when you have succeeded in an area and you're walking around proud of what the accomplishment is, you have to remember that if it wasn't for God's goodness, you wouldn't have it. There's a lot of scripture I can give you for that, but I'm telling you here right now, stay humble. Moses was strong. Moses was strong-willed. Moses took the life of an Egyptian. He felt called to be a governor and a, and a savior and a redeemer for Israel but he took matters into his own hands because he was proud and egotistical. So he killed an Egyptian that was harassing two of his brethren, some Jewish men. And they found out about it, that he murdered an Egyptian, and he ran for his life. He had no problem with speaking. He had no problem with associating with people. He had no problem with stepping out by faith and trying to make it happen. But he went, and he, he went and ran away and hid himself for 40 years. And all of a sudden, God showed up in his life in, in the burning bush. When he was on the backside of the desert taking care of sheep, he was a shepherd. And God shows up in this burning bush, and he says, Moses, take, the, take your chanclas off. This is holy ground. Forgive me, Lord. I'm messing up a good sermon. Take your sandals off, Moses. This is holy ground. And he called him and said, I'm, I need you to go back to Egypt now. And Moses said, I don't think I can. God reassured him that he could. He was going to give him help. It wasn't a false humility. He was a brokenness. He was broken, and God had to let him go through the healing process first. Broken people understand meekness. Most of you have been broken in your life. Things, life, people, circumstances, problems have broken you. And in those broken places is where God touches you and helps you realize one thing. After you've been put back together, you may still see a fragment of the places where you've been broken. There may still be scars where you've been cut. Sometimes God does leave the scars 
Because even in the book, in the scripture, it says that Jesus, after the resurrection, came back to life again, and he still had the scars. And the scripture says that the scars are there to keep and remind him of us. So God wants you to remember, you've got to stay humble. Remember where I brought you from. Remember, you're not here because of your own self and your own wit and your own intelligence and, and your own good fortune and good luck. There's no such thing as luck. When you're a child of God, it is about being blessed and prospered by the grace of God and the kingdom of God in your life and God fulfilling his plan for your life. And when you get to your mountain and when you get to the kingdom that God has established for you, you've got to remember, if it wasn't for the King of kings and the Lord of lords, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. I want to leave you with this thought here this Sunday morning. God does not want us to be paralyzed by regret. So let us not focus on them. But like Paul, focus on and press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You were meant to move forward. Stop living in the past. Stop thinking you can throw that football over those hills. Stop throwing your meat. Stop throwing your steak. You understand what I'm saying, right? Get focused on the, on the task at hand. Realize that you're called by God. Don't live in failures. Don't live in the past. But dwell on the future. Dwell in the present. Accept, for what, accept the things that are going on in your life. And start realizing, I'm a child of God. And as long as I'm in the will of God, I can't fail. So, Lord, thank you for my life. And thank you for what you're doing. And thank you, dear Lord, that, you know what, today's a good day. No matter what comes my way, God, you've given me the power to overcome. You've given me the ability to face it. And I will do great things in my life because of you. Do you believe that this Sunday morning? How many of you believe that? Come on, stand to your feet. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Life Center podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, then subscribe and follow us on social media at CLC Victoria. Connect with us by visiting our website, clcvictoria.org.